You're listening to Five Things with Lisa Birnbach. Hi, it's Lisa Birnbach. If you're listening to this podcast on Friday the 13th, don't be afraid. I don't entirely believe in all that spooky stuff, but I must say I love the word spooky. Spooky. I once went to a place on behalf of a TV show called the Winchester Mystery House, which is a kind of, uh, I guess it's a tourist attraction around San Jose, California. And it was built by, I would like to call her Grandma Winchester. I don't know what her real name was, but she was the wife or widow of the man who ran the Winchester Rifle Company. And this old lady, she was probably old when she was 40, but she was really into seances and Ouija boards and communicating with the dead and asking them advice. And some of her seance buddies or her seance posse, seance squad, what would we say, had a lot of the content from what I remember was about the house itself. Should you build an annex? Should you build a staircase? Should you add a billiards room to the basement. Anyway, you go through this house now, and there are staircases that go literally nowhere. I mean, you take the stairs up, and there's nothing there. There may be a drop. There may be a wall. There are spooky things in this house. And it is said that there are ghosts in this house. And I actually, you know, I'm a total pushover. And I thought I saw the ghost I was supposed to see in the house. But then again, I scare myself all the time. So I am not trustworthy. Don't bother. Don't worry. Don't even go to the Winchester Mystery House because you're supporting guns in some way. Maybe it's not even there. Maybe it's called the Shannon Watts Mystery House because she's taken over that powerful, wonderful woman. I'm telling you all this because our guest this week, the fantastically funny Jacqueline Novak, star of the off-Broadway sensation, Get On Your Knees, is a fan of the paranormal. And I'm just trying to make her like me. Okay, it's time for my five things. But first, a reminder to subscribe to the podcast if you're a listener. And don't do it out of pity for me. I don't need your pity. Do it because it's the right thing to do. Okay, number one. To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. Harper Lee's great American novel has been adapted by Aaron Sorkin, and you get to see Atticus and Scout on stage for real. Atticus is being played now by Jeff Daniels in the same horn-rimmed glasses that Gregory Peck wore. He will be replaced in the winter some point by Ed Harris. But the giant star turn in this production, and I take it it's the first production ever that the Harper Lee estate allowed to happen, although we sat next to a British couple who said they saw a different production in England. So who knows? But anyway, Scout, who starts out at six years old and ages to nine by the time the book is done, is played by a 41-year-old luminous actress, Celia Keenan-Bolger, 
who is astonishing. She runs back and forth across the stage like a hyperactive child, yet says these precociously wonderful, observant, intuitive things. Celia is 41 years old. She has a four-year-old son. She's married. She won a Tony for the part. She's extraordinary. Go see her in it. And I have to confess, she is a dear family friend. So I'm just proud of her, as if she were a relative. Number two, the book tables in my lobby. I live in an old, old building, and it has two elevator banks, and neighbors leave books on them, books that they're done with, books, you know, they put them there instead of the garbage, which is a good thing. And sometimes I have picked up books I've really wanted to read or give to somebody. And I hope they don't have bed bugs in them. Oh, I never thought of that. Also, I often give books away in huge boxes to shelters or to schools. But if I only have one or two that I want to offload, I leave them on the book table. It's a nice thing that my neighbors do. I appreciate it. Number three, the dance videos of John Early. You probably have seen John Early in a movie or in a TV show. He's been in a lot of things. He's a comedian. He's also the director of the show, Get On Your Knees, and I'm going to ask Jacqueline Novak about him and his work there. My daughter, Exhibit B, has over the years sent me videos of his dancing. He he seems to dance on the street a lot. They make me laugh when I'm a, in a bad mood, so here's one. And you can see it on my website at lisabernbach.com. Okay, number four. If you've been listening to this podcast at all, you know, for any length of time, you know that I love the Netflix show Stissel, right? You know about Stissel. I've gone on and on about Stissel. I'm a proselytizer of Stissel and Stisselness. It is a very beautifully written and beautifully acted show, get this, in Hebrew and Yiddish, which, you know, I don't speak, but with subtitles, about very religious people in Jerusalem. Okay, I know that doesn't sell it, but you have to trust me that it's a spectacular show, and people of all kinds love it. Well, last night, we were lucky enough to go to a presentation by one of the creators of Stissel and three of the actors, and... It was exciting to shake their hands and tell them how much it has meant to me. I guess it's like going to Comic-Con. It's like going to Yiddishcon. Oh, they could have called it Yiddishcon or Stisselcon. Anyway, one of the actresses, the woman who plays Gitty Weiss, said in perfect, unaccented English, by the way, if Seinfeld was about nothing, Stissel is about everything. That was so profound, so true. It's such a great show and funny and sexy. And I got to meet Gitti and Shulam and Elisheva. What a great night. I'm still kind of high from, from my shtissel fix. And number five, I'd like to highlight a nonprofit organization this week that does great work that I admire. It's called the Student Leadership Network, and it started in 1996-97 with a single school in East Harlem, New York, for girls who were serious about getting a college preparatory education. 
The school is public. It was the first single-sex public school in New York City, I think, in 30 years. My friends Anne and Andrew Tisch founded it. And now I think there are approximately 20 public schools from coast to coast that educate girls from grades 6 through 12. And if they successfully graduate from one of these leadership schools, they are, generally speaking, able to get into a great four-year college with a great scholarship package. But now they also send thousands more girls and boys who don't attend the schools into college with giant scholarships. So it's a great organization. It makes me happy. And now the writer and star of Get On Your Knees, which is now in its second extension at the Lucille Lortel Theater, let's meet Jacqueline Novak. In our studio, in person, is the person I have written about already in one of my five great things, the writer and star of Get On Your Knees, Jacqueline Novak. Welcome. Greetings. Thank you for having me. You are so talented. Ah! <laughs> my boyfriend and I were were convulsing. Oh my God. I mean, but you must see that. We were, saw you at the yeah, Cherry Lane, yeah. and people are doubled over laughing. It's hard to hear the laughs because I'm focused, you know, in this way where I sometimes have to actively be like, okay, they're laughing, versus only hear the... Uh, the variation of laughter compared to every other, you know, compared to the best version that one line ever got a response. Right, So I really have to actively be like, okay, that's the sound of people laughing. They're enjoying (laughs) the show instead of this, like, analysis. But but Well, you have to be in the moment. You can't really pay attention to the guffaw to stage left or right. Yes, yes. Got to keep it moving. (laughs) Now, where to start? I've been, I've written down questions and I've been thinking a lot about what we're going to talk about. And first, I need to say that Get On Your Knees is a, do you call yourself a one-person show, one woman, one man? I want to be so correct. No, I know. I I haven't really landed on it. It does depend on who I'm talking to, because like, uh, if I'm talking to, you know, people in the stand-up comedy world, I'm like, yeah, this is my um, this is my stand-up. This is my new hour, even though it's more than an hour, you know. Or I say it's kind of, I say one woman sh- show slash uh, stand-up, just because you got to kind of cover all, uh, different means different things to different people. Okay, so... And they both this... have a stench of their own that <laughs> these words that, that, you know, you don't want to be limited to either. That's either, a very either unfortunate, <laughs> very unfortunate word, the word stench. The stench of a one-woman show. I hear the word stench and I immediately start to breathe out of my mouth. Yes. I don't know. That, no, is that magic? Stench. No, I feel it. Yeah, I feel like you say that word and it kind of um, forces, a, forces your nose closed. It forces stench. it closed. I yeah. know. I know. Uh, it's a one-hour-plus yeah. show performance that is mostly about oral sex, the giving yeah. of and the receiving of. Yeah, yeah. And the rumors about and and the how-tos yeah. and the whys. Yes. And the afters. Um, now, yes, I say, can I say um, yeah, blowjob on the show? Yes, you can. <laughs> For specificity. Um, yeah, it is kind of the blowjob show for me it's an odd thing because it's about that but it's not about that you know it's one of those sort of it was sort of just this task that I remember hearing about it for the first time so anything like that where you remember kind of 
your first impressions about something I always think is interesting. And then, like, you're changing ideas about something over the years. Uh So that was kind of my thinking about structurally the way in which it's the returning to the blowjob at different kind of points in my adolescence. Was there a runner-up? In terms of content? Yes, I'm going to do a one-person show stand-up about blowjobs, but I was thinking of doing it about um, Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Yes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think it developed more organically, so it wasn't really like setting out to starting with a blank piece of paper, you know, and and going, okay, what am I going to do a show about? It was much more, you know, all this stand-up material that sort of organically was developing as as stand-up does. You just kind of, you know, everyone does it differently, but following one topic to the next and that sort of thing. And then wanting to do a show that did have some kind of sort of narrative uh, sort of journey, you know, that something's building and there's a kind of experience there along the way. So in thinking about that, it was sort of like, what's the story or what's something I think feels a little bit risky or, or, you know, vulnerable and is a little embarrassing to talk about, but is interesting and like, you know, just kind of those questions. And so I knew I had once written this essay that touched on some of this and, but, you know, wasn't published anywhere or anything. And and so I kind of wove the two things together, kind of the stand-up I was developing and this narrative and then sort of those playing off each other. Because I think like the stand-up was a lot of me talking about the male ego and kind of the way we talk about the penis and all this kind of stuff like that. And then the, the show or the, the narrative part of the show, the blowjob stuff is pretty vulnerable and coming of age. So I think those two things balance each other. You know, it's sort of like... Well, it, and yeah. it had a perfect shape, a yeah. beginning, a middle, and an yeah. end. And you you introduce yourself and you apologize for yes. being a cisgendered yes. woman. Yes. Which I think... It, we're almost there, you know. Uh, yeah. When people ask yeah. you your pronouns, I guess you can say, I'm sorry, but <laughs> well, she yeah. and her. I, I specifically say even, because I, I actually don't even acknowledge this is gender piece. I just say heterosexual. Ah. And then I sort of say to just to be a woman that lusts after the common shaft. And it's like, <laughs> I'm less apologetic about the cisgender because I feel like the world of pronouns and stuff whatever you are, you are. One has to be respectful of cisgender identity, right? Like, I, I, you know, but it was more sort of the, I think, the heterosexuality kind of, um, uh, and it's obviously, I mean, it's a joke, but there's something there where, to me, uh, you know, it just feels common. And, and I, I mean, of, of course, I mean, it's a ridiculous thing, but it's just that kind of, the idea no, but of also the, myself beyond it. Yes, yes. I mean, and I've, I've yeah. ruined that moment in your show already. Oh, just, that's that's inevitable. Uh, no, There's, but the, yeah. way, the way you just introduce yourself is, I mean, you were a great surprise to me. And that's one of the reasons I yeah. wanted to meet you. It's yeah. as if you sprung fully grown like uh, Athena herself yes. out of Zeus's forehead. Yes. <laughs> Where has Jacqueline Amazing. been? Amazing. And what has she done until yes. now to do this very bold, very vulnerable, yeah. very honest, and very artistic show about blowjobs? That's awesome. Well, that's that's kind of what I was hoping because you know it's sort it's sort of like you're always trying to debut, right? Like you keep uh, like like taking swings and going, is this uh, when everyone will pay attention or whatever? <laughs> and it's good if a lot of those swings are relatively ignored because along that journey, you know, you get better, you figure out even more precisely, you know, what you want to say and, and those kinds of things. So it's it's actually served me pretty well, I would say, that the more attention I'm getting kind of 
is around this show, which I am really proud of. So it's, it's like sort of a good kind of thing to sort of pop into the world with. So in other words, if we had discovered you fully formed three years ago, you would have been a different version of you. Yeah, it's on you to, um, I don't know, I, I do all sorts of things. I, I mean, I, I, I've always... I'm I'm kind of asking myself the question now, like how did I think about this? And I think it was just it was like let's let's just take a big swing, let's let's put it all together, um, let's do all of the things that I imagine myself. It's like oh, it's almost like let's do the work that you imagine yourself doing later in your life or something. Like you know, it's almost mm-hmm. like <laughs> instead let's of doing on the, the on the way, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and yeah, get ready. yeah. Let's fully. Um, it was almost like not put off any further, kind of taking the work sort of seriously in this way and just setting it up and putting a big frame around it and making a poster and yeah <laughs> you know just just really going for it and and committing to you know mounting a show in a formal theater capacity in New York and all that kind of stuff and that's that can be you know scary and kind of all right am I am I ready or whatever well that's an yeah. interesting point you could yeah. have done this show get on your knees in a stand up venue rather yeah. than a a, a stage in, yeah, uh, in a theater. Yeah. So what? What was thinking there? Yeah. And and who? How many chefs were there at that yeah. point? Well, I I worked on it a lot in clubs and went around to different clubs to to work on the show. And so I did do the show in the context of comedy clubs with people ser- being served drinks and you know and all the kind of distractions of that, which is always great training to get those kinds of repetitions in in a distracted kind of environment but mm-hmm. Mike Birbiglia is one of the producers of the show and you know he's had um, success performing his uh, shows as theater productions in right. New York so he's, he's been through that a number of times and Mike kind of pushed the, like kind of gave me the final like no I really think you should you should go for it and, and put it up at Cherry Lane if it, that was sort of in the mix and sort of in a discussion of potentially happening and he, he really gave me kind of a he saw the show twice and said uh, you know I really think you got to put it up in an extended capacity um, and that's the other thing I mean comedy clubs you know it's, it's a weekend right mm-hmm. at most and I think just sort of setting up the show giving it giving it everything you can give it, letting people come, let, giving people time to come just over the course of a run. And it yeah. also gives it a kind of respect and size. Definitely. That Definitely. It, you wouldn't have in a club. And as you yeah. say, people are moving around, they're drinking, they're heckling, yeah. they're they're using their phone. They know yeah. not to do that in a theater. Yeah, although they do still sometimes do that. No. <laughs> um, the worst is I sometimes people look at the program, um, you know, start either a little bit into the show where they're almost like is this what I signed up for you know like who is this woman that's talking what you know and then, and then or sometimes like very close to the end that's the most shocking I'm like we're almost done like what there's You've nothing been in here there. with me yeah yeah, yeah. There's not, nothing can help you in that in that it's it's a couple bios you know <laughs> um and then occasionally phone use but yes it is a lot less a lot less but I do feel for the audience that they can't really eat and eat and drink in the theater I, I it's good but it's good for the performances but I do feel for them. What if they're hungry, you know? Yeah, but it's only, it's not that long a show. No, yeah, you have to be prepared. And food noise is so annoying in oh, a yeah. theater. Oh, yeah. And paper noise. No, it's 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 absolutely um, the the overall kind of focus. and. It has to be on yeah, you, I think. It's great. I mean, it's just my opinion, but I think better we focus on yes. you than on 
the person oh, yeah. and their straw. I always felt like at Broadway shows and stuff when I go, you know, the the concessions, it was an odd thing. Cause you, if you do get them during intermission, it's weird. I guess, I mean, it's like weird that they sell them. Right. Because then people are tempted rustling. And yeah. It's, it's interesting that at movie theaters, the candy comes in a box, which it's is a different cool. sound. But it is still a sound. It's a sound, but it's not nearly... It's still a maraca kind of, though. It's a maraca, but it's not a, um, uh, a <laughs> jiffy pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I uh, my son just had a baby. His wife just had a baby. Oh, wow. And Congratulations. Thank you. And they're baby toys that are crinkle sounds. Yes. That's a big category of yes. baby toy. Just the sound of yeah. crinkle. Yeah. And... Oh yeah. yeah, I can kind of hear those. Like sometimes it's a, it's still plush. Like it's plush, but, but the there's inside. crinkle inside. Yeah, I saw something the other day. It was a piece of cotton <laughs> that was called the baby newspaper, and it had no. It didn't even pretend Hilarious. to be. Yeah, to say like the Daily Star. Yeah, or some yeah, kind yeah. of fake newspaper. It was just crinkle. It was crinkle. Crinkle in is a sort piece of satisfying. Of, it's very satisfying if you're not performing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel for them. I always wonder, do they get dinner before or after? It's such a question with a theater. Well. What do you prefer if you had to do one or one or the other? I I find that it's more cosmopolitan to yes. eat afterwards. Yes. But yet, Sometimes, if it's late, yeah. you know, then being overweight is not cosmopolitan. Yeah. <laughs> so I think about that. I, I generally prefer to do it after, though. Yeah. Well, then you can discuss, can discuss the it. Now, speaking of that, yes, it's yes. interesting you ask me, do I prefer to eat before or after? <laughs> because I wanted to ask you, do you consider your body your instrument mm, or is it a temple? Mm, interesting. Okay. Probably more instrument. Because uh, uh. what does the temple thing really mean? Now, I, I feel like it's just a way of saying it's sacred or sacred. encouraging it to be sacred. Like you need to treat your body as a temple. Like, Right. right? Yes, but also maybe um, a, a proud creation. Mm. Right. An yeah, instrument, yeah. I always think of a Gumby doll yes. that can stretch every yes. way. Yeah. Yeah. Which I can't explain. No, right. That makes sense to me. I feel like the body is instrument to me, right? It's more like it's it's an it's an object or not an object, but it's like a tool you're using um to do things. And I so I think I experience it as somewhere in between. So like a car, let's say, kind of both a instrument, you know, that you can do things with, but you could also just sit in your car like a temple. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. So, because it's not like I'm constantly sort of um, burnishing. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely plenty of just uh, contemplation inside the body. So, I feel like it's, I feel like it's somewhere in between the two. And do you like to eat before you perform or after? After, after is heaven to me. Um, there's, there's no greater pleasure. I, I mean, I also, if I eat. Unless it's very controlled, like it's like just just a snack, just something that I'm so I'm not starving. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I prefer the, the kind of like nervous pre-show energy. If I were to eat, I'd sort of be dampening that energy, and then and then I'd be tired. You know, it's like one time when I when I am able to like uh, resist the temptation of <laughs> food. I think is right right before a show, 
And then after, it's the greatest pleasure, I find. Like, you know, we got nothing to do but sleep. That's the next thing. So it's like, <laughs> I've done eat. the show. There's sleep between me and tomorrow and the next show. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I could truly eat without sort of what what feels like a consequence. Right. And it's just, it, it always feels celebratory. Well, I... You're yeah. doing a show that makes people happy. You're yeah. doing a show that people laugh, and yeah. and then you get a standing yeah. ovation. Yeah. I oh, mean, you get everything. when I don't. You, it's I'm sure you always when I don't. Get, you always Sometimes get them, don't Sometimes I don't. And well, it's, it's not... They, they, they might have loved the show. It's not like... It's, it's not, not a proof a big, of anything. Yeah, it's not a... They're not like flipping me the bird, you right, know what I mean? Right. It's like, but some it's, sometimes it's just it's such a group kind of psychology thing that happens, and and there's there's a weird resistance to starting a standing o that that I've felt that self consciousness. It's a weird thing. You're like, I've tried to analyze this. What is it? Why is there that self consciousness about standing up? Now I think people go to the theater a lot or whatever or have really considered it. Maybe they don't have that, or they they push through it. Like I try to push through. <laughs> if I want to resistance, stand, yeah. I'm like get up. Like I'm just like do it. Because if you know you loved it and believe it deserves a standing O, then what do you care about the audience, right? But it, so then there's almost like who's left, and it, then it's the fear as though the people on stage are going to be annoyed that you've stood, like, or they're going to be like, oh, like we we fooled you. <laughs> of course they think they deserve a standing O. <laughs> you know, like. No one's going to be mad. Like, no actor's going to be like... Well, I think there's a, a school of thought now yeah. that we, in New York, give yes. them very easily. Really? No, wait. I, yeah. I'd, oh, I'm pretend not that you're not Pretend that you're not a performer. Yes. But that New Yorkers... You know, a standing ovation was not a thing yes. 20 years ago yes. on Broadway. Yes. And Unless off Broadway. absolute, like, insanity had happened. Unless insanity had yeah. happened. Yeah. Or you knew you were watching the final performance yes. of Sir John Barrymore yes. or or a Lunt or a Fontan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, then you would do it. Or closing night. Right. But, or opening night. There's been an inflation of the... It's been a great... It's like yeah. a curve. Yes. Yeah. It's great inflation. Yeah. And everybody gets a... St- well, yeah. not everybody, but a, a standing ovation is a is a common right. thing now. Right. You can feel sort of bullied into doing it and yeah. you can also feel like sometimes I've gone to a play yeah. and all these people are standing up and I'm thinking, "Really? Yeah. This was this yeah, this, this play did that for you?" But, you know, a performer yeah. can surprise you or yeah. you just think that's what yeah. you do to show appreciation. It's I, so interesting I, to me. We all stood yeah. up for you when yes. I saw your show because it was all you. As I right. said, there was this thrilling awareness that this person I hadn't heard yes. of before and whose name I didn't know was Jacqueline or yes. Jacqueline yes. or Jackie or yes. Jacquet with an accent aigu. <laughs> yeah. And she made me laugh solidly and she made me think solidly. And I wanted everybody I know to see a show yes. about blowjobs, yes. even though that's only, as I would like to say, the tip of yes, the iceberg. absolutely. Sorry. No, but you got it. It's impossible to avoid innuendo around the show. It is impossible. Yeah. And tip is one of those <laughs> words. But, but nevertheless, uh, so I stood up for you out of appreciation yes. for everything you had done and yes. the vulnerability. Yes. And the fact that it was a total wonderful surprise. Yeah, yeah. 
you did a lot of work. You didn't yeah. have a cast, right? Right. To work right, right. off of, right? You had it's, to work off your microphone. Yeah. You had to work off your knees. You had yeah. to work off yeah. the audience. No, it was a hard night's work. Yes. Yes. You know, that's yes. what I thought, and I, I, I don't want to take that yeah. ovation back. Thank either, you. Because right. you're making me think: Should I have? Oh, considered no. it longer, but I, I Never. felt good about it. No, I uh, I think ovations are deserved. Um, and no take back. And I don't even mean yeah, yeah. And I don't even mean like oh, I think I think it's so great. I mean like <laughs> there's something like I'm like when you stand, you make yourself a little vulnerable as an audience member, um, even as a group, like vulnerable as a group, kind of like for standing. There, there, there's a oh, choice a- you've made, and by making a choice, you've been vulnerable like you've made a public choice right yes and also because it's a small theater it's intimate the material is intimate and we're all sort of having a joining together of our souls yeah and our that's yes and so yeah so there's sometimes it feels like and I know this if I feel compelled to stand it's like it's satisfying to get to kind of have your moment as an audience member where you get to, you can laugh throughout, you can whatever, but to, to, to have the one moment where you really get to go, I loved it, you know, yes. like you get to say it to the performer. Right. Um, if that's an instinct, you know. Well, that's right. And that's also, speaking of that, there's the clapping issue. You can yeah. clap, you can clap right at your sternum. Oh, Or yes. if you do the big over yes. the head or... Upward clap. Oh, yes. That's even more profound, totally. isn't it? They're really saying to you, Jacqueline, take this. Yes. Take this yes. love. Take this appreciation. Yes. They're they want to light a match. Yeah, that's awesome. No, it's um yeah, it's interesting. Ugh. Yeah, what are the best claps? Clapping is such an odd you know, like when you start to think about clapping, like how bizarre it is, like the slapping that's happening. <laughs> it's very odd. Yes, it's true. Like, we're like making, like we're just making, like making noise with our body, like the best way we can. It's like <laughs> right. It's like really like silly, um, but we're so it's so normalized. Hey, isn't nail polish silly? Oh, of all so the bizarre. of all the parts of the body yeah. to decorate this I know. tiny little bit. Well, you know what's also weird about about fingernails? If you imagine like them emerging on, if you imagine if you had them on the other side of your finger, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. Suddenly, like you can just like. It's like that would be very weird, okay? Right. It now would be. that for some reason helps me see how weird it is that we have them on this side. On this side, we have them. Oh, like, yeah. What's the purpose it's of like it? This bizarre kind of like. Okay. Well, what's the purpose of a nail yeah. anyway? Yeah. It's certainly the surface. Like it would make sense if it was more like a claw, but the whole nail bed, as it's called, which is a sort of annoying term, that it's like it's it would make sense if just the. The claw emerged, but it's like the if whole we had thing. a claw, yeah, then it would do something. But we just yes. have this little tiny plate yes. or bed that is for decorating. Of all the giant regions of our body, yeah. we yeah. have this inch here. Okay, it, it fascinates me. No, me too. Me too. When you learned about sex yeah. for the first time, was it in a health class, sex ed? Was it in school, parents? It was, I remember sex ed in fifth grade. Yeah, I remember like that was the first formal kind of school education. And they separated boys and girls, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if they still do that. It seems a little... 
weird. It seems old-fashioned, yeah. but and maybe they don't anymore. Yeah. This was in Westchester this in a public is, yes, school? in a public school. Um, so it was a fifth-grade thing. They showed a video about getting your period. <laughs> maybe they didn't actually really go into, like, sex. I feel like maybe they kind of left it at um, puberty ideas. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember in, I think, sixth grade over at the middle school, then there was a a video, you know, they put us, they separated us in gym again, and it was like we watched a video in the in the little weights room, and it, it showed <laughs> literal, you know, <laughs> I was because I remember being sort of shocked by the the demonstration of penetration <laughs> in the sixth like, grade. I, I didn't, yeah, I was kind of like, wait, it really goes in there. Like, I think I thought it was more of a like almost like a magnet kind of pulling against, like like smacking up against another magnet. Oh, no one told you? I, I had to know. I had to know. <laughs> but I, I didn't... Something about the way the diagram looked <laughs> was... There was something about it that was a revelation. And I, I'm like, well, did I have books? Like, But I don't really remember having those conversations with my parents, although they're not like... I'm sure I asked questions really early like I recently was just talking to my mom about it like in, in nursery school this boy being like do you have a penis and me being like no I have a vagina and then I'm saying does your mother have a vagina and me saying yes but hers has feathers <laughs> 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 they like overheard the teachers overheard and then my mom came in and they told her and then she like walked out like flapping her wings um, <laughs> but I knew you know I wasn't like ignorant to my own body or anything I feel like I knew stuff did you grow up with brothers and sisters? Older brother, older sister. So in theory... So like, you might have seen... Yeah, there might have been some... Evidentiary... Yeah, because... Penises. I'm pretty sure I watched, like, slightly more adult content than... You know, I watched Dirty Dancing with the Family when I was, like... I think that was my, I think that was my first R-rated movie. There Maybe it was Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> but, but... And, like, everyone in the family left to get, like, snacks during the sex scene of Dirty Dancing and I like stayed. But again, you don't really know what's really happening there other than the, other, other than, than somebody dancing. gets pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't see the the, the we slot. See, yeah, we don't we see, see the, the thing going into the thing. Yeah, we just see a shirt a shirt coming off. Yeah, so I feel like I remember sort of a revelation of the full penetration being shocking to me. When I was in I think it was somewhere between third and fifth grade because yeah. I went to a very strange little girls' school yeah. here in Manhattan. Um, wow. We saw a movie. It wasn't a video then. It was yes, a movie. A proper it was film. a daguerreotype of <laughs> a... It was sponsored by Kotex. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was called something like Sincerely Yours. Oh and God. we loved that movie so much oh that we God. asked to see it twice, even though... <laughs> The idea that we would soon be bleeding yes. spontaneously yes. was very shocking. Yeah. The movie was reassuring because you got a lot of very nice cottony things yes. to wear. Yes. And this is so long oh, ago. Oh, yeah, right. The, uh, like the belts or whatever. The belt. Which was The huge. sanitary belt. And as a concept in Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, she, I think she wants the belt very much. Well, um, who wouldn't? Well, it's just like it's exciting to have a new accessory that right. comes with age. It's like I remember, you know, when I was however old, wishing I had homework like my older siblings. Right, you know, I was like, right. 
Oh, what's the the, the thing that That's I don't cool. get? That's cool. Yes, yeah. homework. Yeah, periods. Yeah, I remember bringing a starter kit because Kotex used yes. to make them in the twentieth century. Yes, <laughs> a starter kit to camp oh, for two brilliant. summers in a row. Yes. Because, oh, you mean in preparation? Yes, it could have happened. I could suddenly, of course, bleed out of nowhere. Oh, I yeah. didn't know. I was very, very eager. I think to get my period. I wasn't eager, really. Yeah. I was scared. Yeah, scared, eager, screeger. Yeah, <laughs> but I was, I was prepared. Yes, and and then by the third summer, the box was so. That's amazing. Bruised right. and and you're just hauling that thing with uh, you. It has it had miles. Yes, my Kotex box had so frequent funny. flyer miles before it was used. Yeah, those starter kits are. I can imagine those being fun. I feel like now there are more like period positive sort of like services or like you know but, just yeah. Well, there are all these indie companies yes. making indie yes. products yes. so that you can carry them I've, around with Molly Sims. Yeah, <laughs> I have. Uh, I, I I did one of the subscription ones, kind of on a. A whim of, well, I mean, it is kind of nice to not have to run out as someone who is always, you know, never thinks ahead to on anything, you know, paper towels, whatever. The subscription was kind of appealing. And it is, there's something fun about subscriptions and like, mm-hmm. oh, Ooh, it's here. What? Ooh, it's a treat. Yeah. yeah. They oh, need to put more. Oh, it's tampons. I know. <laughs> they need, I, some of them, I, and I'm like, oh, I got to get on one of these. Some of them add in a little, uh, a little gift or something or a little, you know, treats. Can, I think you get yeah. candy with one of them. <laughs> yes. Seriously, here's a box of yeah. the same old tampons yeah. you'd be using anyway. Yeah. And some peanut butter yes. cups. Yes. Well, it's uh, whatever. You could buy it yourself, but why? But it's why? so much more fun when they give it to but you. But yet, the Dwayne Reed across the street yeah. is 24 hours. It's true. You could, I mean, it's so funny how everything is by subscription, and yet. You could buy everything across the street. It's, uh, but it is yeah. more fun to get a box in the mail. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm like, what other subscriptions can I get going in my life? Um, oh, you can get wine by yeah. the box. You can get beauty products. Yes. You can oh, those get, are really fun. Those are fun. Yeah, I once samples. Had a, uh-huh. I once had that. Yeah. Someone gave me that. I think you can get clothes. That I mean, you can, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. I like it, too. I want more. Okay, what about when when I came to see your play? Yeah. Um, oh, I could call it your play. Sure. Now, wait. That's a cool thing. I know. Is it going to be published by Samuel French? I hope it? so. I th- yeah. I mean, it's... It's a play. Eventually, I think. Damn it. I don't know how long it takes for the French um, people to come for you, but... Or the dramatists. Eventually, right? Guild or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah they're yeah. coming for you. And then, uh, yeah, I just have to land on the final... The final you know, that's the hardest part. I'm always uh, making tweaks. Yeah, of course. But I guess if You're I film it or something as a special, then we can argue that that's the locked in, you know, text. But yeah, then can't I have people around the world like doing the play? Yes. Which wouldn't that be great too? Oh, yeah. And seeing people who don't do it yeah. well, wouldn't that be oh, fun too? Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. It would be actually in a way more gratifying. Oh, than if they did it better. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. then you don't have to stand yeah. up for them and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What was the contribution of your director, John yes. Early? John Early, Ugh. I one of my five things this week yes. are his dance videos. Oh yeah, yeah. They're hilarious. Oh, the best. Yeah. He seems like one of the most um, unhampered, just yes. totally free 
people. What did he do for your yeah. text, for your yes. play? Was he your dramaturg? Oh, no, he was your director. He was my director, but in the context, you know, it, you could say he was my dramaturg, which I always I always want to say turge because turgy, but it's turg, right, in the, in the form of the noun. I heard someone yeah. use it last night as a noun and say turg, but yes, I have I usually it called it dramaturge. Yes. But I have never been tempted to call it dramaturge, which is interesting yes. because yes, that despite, would be such an easy it's right there. It's so enjoyable. No, it's it's um it's a huge question so I always hesitate to use the word. Um but cuz turg sounds odd. It does reason. sound odd. Even though like I want to put an e at the end and say turge. Um but anyway. So I would say he was involved. Like, really, really. And why you know, him? Who went to? Yeah, he, yeah You yeah. asked him. He asked you. Um, I asked him. He sort of loves my stand up in this way that is, you know, he has just such a clear vision and kind of belief in it, right? And wants the world to, you know, to to see it and and love it the way he does, right? Oh, so, that's so great. So there's that piece just as kind of friends and and co- comedy compadres, but. I would let him direct anything in the world. I would want his eyes on anything. He's so sharp in so many ways. <laughs> um, so it's it's kind of a you know a no brainer to me. It was almost like, wait, would you be willing? Would you want to? Dr-? I'm almost like you know like we, we you don't have to necessarily like spend the whole summer. You know like we you could get in and get out and we could keep we could limit it. But I have so much trust in him. Him knowing me, seeing me. There were so many contributions, but, you know, one was just the sheer sort of presence and me kind of having this partner in the process, right, that was very close to the material, closer than anyone else other than me, um, versus, you know, in the stand-up world, you're usually just alone in a club, maybe other comedians. And then, you know, so he became the formal sort of person that is hearing my every thought about it and just bouncing ideas, looking at the structure of the thing, you know. A big contribution, I would say, in a way, was at times him saying, you know, don't change it. You don't have to change that. No, that's good enough. No, mm-hmm. I love that part, you know, because mm-hmm. it's almost um, to keep me from distorting the show via getting, you know, tired of one part or I'm so used to it that I can't see why it's funny anymore, things like that. Right. So there's that kind of um, almost a keeper of the project in a way that who isn't going to be as likely to tear the thing apart the way when it's yours you you might so um but then he pushes me on other stuff and just um I mean you rarely as a comedian unless you actively invite it you just don't really have other than you know audience feedback you just don't really have people commenting in a real way on small performance choices usually you're doing that yourself you're either listening to tapes right and then there's still stuff that you're just unaware of and then it was just so many choices. What you wear, what you stand with. Yeah, if you everything. Use, if you use a mic with yes. a cord or if you yes. use one that's on a stand that yeah. doesn't have a cord. Or, Absolutely. Right? All yeah, of it. just everything. Um, we discussed everything and, st- you know, still do. Um, and he really did, actually. He just recently went back to L.A., but, you know, he was, he was here for months, really, and just on every show. And it's hard for me to even you know, almost identify what he did because sort of like, what didn't he do? It's like, right. he's just such an intimate part of it. So it's it's been, and I mean, we had the time of our lives um, working on it. You oh, know, I'm sure. if He's one it's of your just, best friends and he yeah. loves it and protects it yeah. with you and for you. How could it not be it was, the best? Yeah. Do you think you're going to do it 
um, for video or I think eventually or no nothing's on you know solid yet or whatever determined yet but I think it would um, it looks like I would be touring it in some form probably after the run ends maybe next year maybe early next year around the country kind just of thing. to be clear yes because this is going to um, yes. go out on September 13th yes you will be on stage at the Lucille Lortel till October 6th. 6th. Is yes. that it? That's it in they New York. They cannot extend They cannot it? extend. There's, you know, another show coming in or something. And Bastards. I don't think that, yeah, I don't think there's, um, you know, an, an easy kind of another theater to go hopping into or whatever. Right. So it was kind of a wild, you know, it was originally six weeks. Then we added the four. Then we added a six. So I ended up doubling the run, really, which is... So exciting. Um, and and then, selling out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, so next year, TBD, when and where, but I definitely will be performing the show elsewhere and hopefully eventually filming it as a special so we can go global. You know, Excellent. So we can, uh, and then hopefully be published in book form. Yes. Text. Yes, form, text, for sure. With a drama turd yeah. or turg. Yes. Or turd. Any version. Any. I'll take. Okay. Excellent. Excellent, because people really should go see it. And um, will you be, you said you moved to California. Yes, January. So, like, yes, um, moved there a couple months, started planning this run at Cherry Lane, came back here, staying at my cousin's apartment, which has worked out very well for me. And your parents love the show? They really do. They've seen it, like, five times. They love it. You know, they're just... Are um, they, were they always cool parents? Yeah. I mean, they're not... They didn't want to smoke pot with you as yeah, a 14-year-old. Yeah. yeah, they're not that They're not that kind of parent. They're definitely, you know, parental, right? Right. Um, and we're not... And we're all kind of weirdly prudish about certain things. Like, we're not like, what, like this, like, super open kind of, you know, bowl of condoms on the table, stuff oh. you hear about, you know. They're sort of like, you know, trying to normalize... <laughs> right. <laughs> normalize... Um, you know, sex and and it's not like that. We so there's sort of been an adjustment with me uh, in stand up, and that's been a long time. You know, just sort of the well, yeah, I'm going to be talking about things that lots of people don't hear their children talk about, um, and there's kind of an understanding that you know they've adjusted to that, and and so it's sort of it's all been leading. And then as I was working on the show, I wouldn't let them come in the early stages because I was like. I cannot be worrying about you guys in the room as I'm still trying to be in the moment and experiment on stage and find things. It's got to be much more locked in. So not while you were doing it in clubs? No, no, not until Cherry Lane, actually. Right. And I've been working on it for some time, but I really just um, wanted to feel like I, you know, I wouldn't be able to explore kind of freely if I was also worrying about their presence. Right, right. When I was in college, there were a couple of women um, in my school who posed for Playboy. Yeah. And one of those, you know, yeah. the girls of... Right, right, right. Wow. And um, I always wondered about not just their parents. Yeah. Because I am, in many ways, the most uptight yeah. and prudish of people that yeah. I even know. <laughs> but yeah. I also thought, well, what if you're, I don't know, 
your grandpa sees you naked? And what if you're, you know, that weird friend of your parents sees you naked? And you're most certainly, yeah. And the dentist and everything. No, those are also those Those are are important considerations. Yeah, it's um, and those people are all coming to my show. I mean. Right. Parents, friends, friends, right. parents, uh, all of it. Everyone from the the Rosenblatt to the <laughs> right, quite quite literally to the Cheevers. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's its own. And in a way, those were actually in some ways potentially rougher um, thing because a lot of those people have not seen me. You know, they have not had the did, adjustment my parents right. have had along the way. Right. right. So they're just showing up to you know little See, Jackie's uh, little Jackie's show, job show. Yeah. Well, once I was on Merv Griffin. Do you oh know God, who yes. that was? Amazing. And um, I and my grandmother used to watch Merv Griffin all the time. I said, well, what did you think? And she <laughs> said, well, I spoke to Lily. That was her sister. She yes. thought you were very fresh. No, no. Amazing. Yeah. I love that term. Yeah. Nobody used that term. term anymore. I know. It's, 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 uh, it wasn't a compliment. Right. Yeah. Right. I guess people say sat, you gave him sass yeah. or something, which yeah. I hate. But yes, I was fresh. very fresh to yeah. Merv. That's amazing. So therefore, the, it was a learning experience. All the people have been pretty good, I'd say overall, and I, and I think I actually make it, make it kind of easy for them because it's so sort of there's in a, a lot silly of, way. It's it's theoretical, highbrow. yeah, and exactly. highbrow, and you exactly to, refer, to an absurd point almost. So it's well, it's a show for yeah. grownups, really. Yeah. It's yeah. not a, a like, silly guys, show. Yeah. I'm like, are you guys up to the task? Like, yeah. Like, if if you're uncomfortable with, with it, yeah. it's sort of like weird. No one from my life has said anything weird or you know. No annoying. one said you were fresh. No one said I was fresh. Um, you know, <laughs> trying to think of other terms like that. <laughs> Classics. Um, but yeah, what word they were pretty good. Use? Oh, that was foul. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess just dirty. Yeah, yeah. I guess they'd it's say dirty. It's not a dirty or, show, though. No, it's, it's you know, it's not dirty it's at all. Very, um, anything that's literal or graphic, there's like a reason for it to be there. And I, I do have certain things in the moments that are sort of specific, physical, and and you know, graphic, so to speak, because I feel like to not is almost. Um, I'm if trying you, to not be afraid of these. You're things. trying to normalize yeah. everything, yeah. and if you didn't talk yeah. about some physical properties, yes, then. It would be notable that yeah. you were avoiding it. Exactly. You were scared of your own exactly penis shadow. Yes, yes. right. As no, it were. It, it, yeah. So I have oh, to push through. I have, I to, have push through to push the through. Yeah, push through. Yeah. Okay, Jacqueline. I almost want to call you Jackie, but I wouldn't dare. Well, no, know. I'm not going to. But I, it, it's a compliment yeah. that I feel like. It. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you did give us your five things that get you through. Yes. Do you want to hear them? Yes, with I my do. Explanations. Yes, I do. Number one. Yes. Korean skincare regimen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, last couple of years, you know, I, I love an extreme option uh, because I think, oh, well, that, that seems rather extreme, so there must be a reason that people do it, and then I can get on board. So, you know, I read an article, you know, it's the 11-step beauty routine or whatever. <laughs> 11 steps. And it's steps. literally, I think it's something like 11 steps. Um, and I get all, all into the, you know, SoCo Glam is my favorite um, website that curates all these products. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. And um, and so I started ordering stuff from them. And it's like, it's the two, cl- so you, so you, you know, you do the oil cleanser first, then you do the water-based cleanser second, then you do an essence 
Uh, maybe you exfoliate, you know, but maybe not every day. You know, a variety of essences, then a serum, then a cream, then a whatever. It goes on, and then a, a mask that you sleep in. So that's more or less it. Um, How long does that take, those 11 steps? I mean, I've gotten it down where... I feel like I move through it really fast. I, I, you know, I just toss one. On. The order really works. So, like, you know, the watery kind of essences just absorb right in. Right. And so you don't have to wait for it to dry. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I, I feel like I get it done in a couple minutes. But it, and it's not quite 11 at this point. I mean, it, it varies. Um, but I love it because it's fun to have a regimen. <laughs> um it's it's a it's like it's kind of a meaningless thing, and I don't I don't do everything in a particular fashion, but it's kind of fun to have this one thing that I am, you know, for back, lack of a better word, fancy about. Uh, oh, I excuse me, I have to I have to do my regimen. I have to begin my regimen. Yeah, no and more. it's like fun to do it in front of the television, like kind of like, you know, just like applying my creams. It's uh-huh. fun. Uh huh. Okay. Korean and skincare your skin, regimen. And your skin yeah, looks right great. Now it's, no, it looks I'm very thinking. good. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's. Did I do it last? Did I properly well, cleanse last night? Well, your skin looks thank you. Radiant. I'll take it. Okay, take it. All right, Number my, two books about metaphysical weirdness. So, anything from the stupidest kind of trashy, un, you know, unlikely um, ghost narrative, mm-hmm. <laughs> like someone, someone's weird, or like you know, my past life experience with blah blah blah, just some uh-huh. weird whatever. Right. Love that. To a more, I don't know, academic kind of quantum physics ebook. I love it all. <laughs> wow. Um, I love it all. You can understand science? Well, the quantum physics stuff is kind of there's a, there's a lot of books that mix it up with, you know, some pretty outrageous claims that keep it kind of in the realm of popular <laughs> popular uh uh-huh. popular theory, you know. Um so th- so they're easily readable cuz they're making, you know, grand claims about how you can um heal oh, your body, manifest, you know. Yeah. I love it all. Um and so I say that those get me through because I was thinking about it. I find it really relaxing and and a great way to go to sleep is to read kind of um, or to just de-stress is to is to go off into the world of, you know, weirdness and mystery and, and just anything that makes me look around and feel like all the things that I take for granted as just immovable, heavy, you know, uh, just so caught up kind of in, in the day to day. Any version of that. Uh, that kind of material just gives me a sense of perspective, even if it's literally a book about a woman who says, like, Garth Brooks was, uh, they were like lovers in a past life. Like, that was one I happened to enjoy. That sounds That's, actually kind of fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure she has proof. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Or not. It's it's compelling. <laughs> Number three. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah. My iced Americanos. I'm drinking one right now. Yes, you are. So. Now, I know there are machines that you can get for your house where you can, you know, have an iced Americano pop out, right? But for me, the iced Americano gets me out of the house, okay? Gotcha. I got to get to the the coffee shop to get the espresso over the ice. (laughs) Um, And so it's become a huge part of my my starting my day process is – because, you know, particularly if you're working at home and, and that kind of lifestyle, it could be a slow roll into the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, so at least getting myself outside with the promise of an iced coffee drink, iced coffee at home is not the answer. I got, I need the journey. So yeah, they really pull me into my day. And yeah, that's my iced americano 
I get it's it. It's huge. It's a big part of the... Well, also make sure that you put on a semblance of clothing. Exactly. Exactly. Two have to go out. Right. Two have to go out is important. Yeah. Unless you're on some kind of crazy deadline. Yeah. And then yeah. you have to order it in. And then, yeah, and then... It's not the it's same. It's still... I feel like I'm like, mm, still, you know, walk around walk around the blocks a good, uh, is good for stimulating the mind anyway. So it can it, always give an excuse. Taking baths and naps liberally is number, number four. Number four. <laughs> baths and naps. Which do you, if which I had to is your one. go-to? If you had to only do one for the rest of your life. Well, then I would have to say a nap because I can't, I couldn't give up naps. It, it, sometimes they're just sheerly, you know, necessary. Um, yeah, I think the reason I say taking them liberally is because I think there's a tendency for people to only allow themselves naps when they have this idea, like, either like, you know, I have a headache or yeah. um, or I'm sick or and and so I try to actively take naps um, without attaching shame to them because otherwise I fear I'll start manifesting headaches so that I have an excuse to nap. No, you know, it's like what people like in the in the gym world or the fitness yeah. world, they say, well, you should have a massage. And I'll say, well, I can't really indulge yes. in a massage right now. And then they talk you into, <laughs> know how your body needs it. Yes. You crave it. You must have it. It is not a, right, a luxury yeah. or an indulgence. It's, yeah. a, it's a must. So in that way, yeah. a nap is a must. I, I think so. And and you don't want to take a nap and suffer the like the shame and guilt around it. Um, no, no shame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take own that nap. Yeah, and plenty and of pro- productive people nap up a storm. Oh so. yeah, and that Ariana Huffington yeah. is always talking yeah. about naps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Darling, can, take a nap. Yes, you can kind of. Um, also, it's good creatively. I think kind of slip into that. I can't nap. That's, really, so I'm just saying this. You're out just of, there with closed eyes. Just no, I'm not good yeah. at it. But I, but I understand. Yeah. that. It's very helpful. Baths, but a bath I can take. Oh, I love a bath. Yeah, and like a deep bath. Ugh, I love a um, yeah, certain baths are like I force it in any apartment I've ever lived in, even if it's like the worst kind of bath or you know, like uh, I'm just like I'm getting in. Yeah, I find a bath is a great transformative kind of experience, even a quick one. It's just like get in there. A hotel one is good. There, sometimes you get the really deep ones. I love a hotel yeah. bath. Yeah. 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 Those yeah, are always bath. nicer than home bath. I mean, not always, but yeah. very often. You notice that hotels don't have bathtubs very much anymore? I wonder if it's... I think it's... A, that most people, I don't know, don't take baths. Maybe it's harder to clean. I think... I think bathrooms get on there. smaller and the showers get... Oh, big. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not sure, but I've noticed yeah. it because no, sometimes... Yeah. I look forward to taking a hotel yes. bath, and I can't take one. Yes. Okay, number five is something I've never heard of. Oh, yeah, the Marco Polo app. It's a, you know, iPhone or whatever phone application. Yes. And <laughs> not an appetizer. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a video wa- walkie-talkie, so I could be leaving you a message, basically, a video message. But you can watch it live, but you, but you can't um, Interact it. with it. So oh. you can only watch, and then, or if you're not around, it's just recording as a message for later. So, to me, what it has served with certain friends, who you know, if we're both traveling or we're in different places, or even if we're both settled in our apartments for the night, 
there's something about this back and forth of the videos or even watching them talk but you can't it's like you feel like alone but you're it's like this it's almost like letter writing or something but you're you're hearing it it's a very strange specific kind of communication that I don't experience anywhere else and it forces different kinds of conversations because you don't interrupt and you don't ask questions you don't clarify it's like the person is just making an announcement yeah and it can go on for 20 minutes like John Early has left me like 20 minute ones it's wild how how is it different from WhatsApp or just making Um, a video and sending a video as an email let's say yeah well I mean for one there's just the ease but but there's something about the fact that you can tune in live while it's happening. Oh, it so, alerts you that you're you know, getting so-and-so one. So-and-so is talking to you right now. Then I pop into the app and it's, oh, you've joined, you know, and it's, oh, hey, like, but it's, there's but no back ta- and forth. Except you can send these little stickers, but it's so limited. You can just send like a smile, <laughs> you know, a heart, <laughs> a thumbs up, whatever. And, and, and you get different kind of information out of friends. And there's this sort of contemplative thing that happens because the friend isn't, interrupting so you're just kind of going well you know actually or maybe you're thinking this or maybe you're thinking that or well actually you're probably not and it just is totally unusual and I feel like it's a weird and interesting way to get to know people even people you already know wow yeah I'm really into the Marco Polo app right now okay Marco Polo app I know I'm really pushing it well (laughs) it's like a product push (laughs) oh good hashtag sponsored um it's been great talking to you and getting to meet you. Yeah. And thank you so much for coming. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me in. Well, I've got to tell our listeners, I've got to remind them that they've been listening to Five Things That Make Life Better with Lisa Birnbach. That's me. And my guest has been the comedian and author and actress and monologist yeah. and dramaturg. Yeah. <laughs> Jacqueline Novak and her hit one-woman show, Get On Your Knees, has been extended for one last time at the Lucille Lortel Theater through October 6th. Try to see it. You can also pick up her book, Mm -hmm. How to Weep in Public, Feeble Offerings on Depression from One Who Knows. I'm sorry we didn't talk about depressos and No, no. I've talked about it plenty. Well, okay, yeah. not on this show. But yeah, yeah. Just you can get life. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's very funny. Also, you can follow Jacqueline on Instagram mm-hmm. at Jack Nove, mm-hmm. Twitter at Jacqueline Novak, or on her website at JacquelineNovak.com, which is what I would have named your website if yes. it had been up to me. Yes. You can s- subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, and iHeartRadio or any other place you can get a podcast. Mm. Excuse me. <laughs> and my blog is at lisabernbach.com where you'll find links and photos and all the stuff we spoke about today. The podcast is produced in New York City by thefieldtv.com. My engineer is Jimmy Regan. My team is Espresso Rucci, Michael Port, Boko Haft, and Sam Haft. Until next week. Stay cool and act natural. Bye-bye. That was Five Things with Lisa Bernbach. New episodes every Friday, if she remembers. <laughs>